0: Today's my wife's birthday, taking her out to dinner tonight. On this beautiful day here in the Midwest, we got blue skies, cool, real cool in the morning and it's uh, that's staying dark a little bit later in the mornings too. Looks like fall's uh, just right around the corner. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com. These are your top five headlines for this Friday morning. Let's start off with uh, headline number five. Biden heads back to Delaware Beach House where he's building a $500,000 taxpayer-funded security fence. From Fox News, after spending much of his summer vacation in Kiwa Island, South Carolina, President Biden is heading back to his multi-million dollar beach house in his home state of Delaware, where he's building a taxpayer-funded security fence at a cost that's ballooning to nearly $500,000. Biden is expected to arrive at his $2.7 million summer house in the North Shores community of Rehoboth Beach on Saturday after spending the last couple nights in Wilmington, Delaware, according to data released by the Federal Aviation Administration. On Wednesday, Biden was briefly at the White House signing of the $739 billion Inflation Reduction Act into law. In September of 2021, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, awarded $456,548 to a Sussex County company to construct a security fence around the home. The DHS contract with Turnstone Holdings LLC for the purchase and installation of the security fencing at the residence has since increased to $490,324 this summer, according to the website usaspending.gov, an online database of federal government spending. The DHS is listed as the main awarding and funding office of the contract, while the U.S. Secret Service is listed as the sub-agency. Okay, this is why politicians have such a bad and why people don't like politicians, because the things that they have us do or the things that they promote are in opposition to what the American people feel and believe. I mean, the fact that Biden's willing to spend a half a million dollars on his own fence to protect his own safety, and then they have the southern border that's wide open letting anybody come in and that affects people that live along the border and also all the states that these uh immigrants are coming into so it's total hypocrisy and the Biden administration is one of the worst just another example of how government and the elitists in this country and why they have such a low low approval rating is for things just like this this is a prime example American people have had enough. I mean, they're speaking out now, they're getting more active, and they're beginning to push back on government and government spending. All right, headline number four, lawsuit, U.S. government wrongfully pressures big tech to censor speech. From the Wall Street Journal, Alex Berenson is back on Twitter after being banned for nearly a year over COVID-19 misinformation. Last week, the former New York Times reporter settled the lawsuit against the social media company, which admitted error and restored the account. The First Amendment does not apply to private companies like Twitter. Mr. Berenson wrote last week on Substack. But because the Biden administration brought pressure to bear on Twitter, he believes he has a case that his constitutional rights were violated. Facts that Mr. Berenson unearthed through the discovery process confirm The administration has been secretly asking social media companies to shut down the accounts of specific prominent critics of administration policy. Thanes D'Souza. We see regular chats and communications between the CDC and these tech agencies. We see high levels of coordination between the government and the tech industry. Daily Wire. YouTube has banned Stephen Crowder from the platform for two weeks after Arizona GOP gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake appeared on Louder with Crowder for an interview, according to Crowder's team. Lake had informed Crowder that if elected, she would investigate claims of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. On Wednesday, Crowder posted on Instagram a message from YouTube saying the podcast has been removed for violating the platform's misinformation policy. Okay, so when we hear stories like this, this just validates the fact that big tech has been censoring speech. We know it. It's a fact. It's not just misinformation or spin from the White House. It's happening. And when the Republicans get into power in the midterms, we're going to put their feet to the fire to do something about uh, this First Amendment constitutional right that's being stepped on by big tech and the White House. There needs to be hearings, there needs to be some changes in the laws, they need to break up some of these uh, large monopolies of social media companies that have a monopoly on free speech, and really make it more of a platform that allows for all free speech. The the internet was built by the government, so these are not necessarily just private companies, they may be private companies, but the fact that it is a government-built entity, then we do have the constitutional rights that need to play into the use of a government technology when it comes to free speech. So I hope that uh, in the midterms, we can break this stuff up and get uh, some closure on these issues that we see happening in the uh, tech giants. All right, headline uh, number three, Biden misrepresents number of jobs created by CHIPS Act. From hot air, the CHIPS Act includes about $52 billion in new spending to be delivered to the semiconductor industry in the form of manufacturing incentives and R&D money designed to spur more chip foundries in the United States. But when touting the new bill, Biden went just a bit beyond reality by claiming it would lead to more than a million new construction jobs. Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post asked the White House for the source of that claim. They were directed to a 2021 report by a semiconductor industry group, which estimated the impact of a $50 billion investment in the industry. The Washington Post, the first tip-off that the number is fishy is because the number is so big and round, $1 When we dug into the report, moreover, we could not find any reference to a $1 million construction job being created. Instead, the report predicted such an investment, roughly equivalent to the CHIPS Act, would create an average of 185,000 temporary jobs annually throughout the U.S. Six times 185,000 adds up to more than one million. But note that these are not construction jobs. In fact, few are construction jobs. Well, it's not surprising that uh, we find these things out with Joe Biden. He's been consistently wrong on numbers throughout his entire presidency and throughout his entire career. He's just not all there mentally. He can't uh, put factual information together. He always just uses the power of his position to just throw out anything that sounds good because he is who he is. He's been known to, to lie and to steal other people's comments and content. So for him to come out and, and make claims like this. So it's, it's time that the media does its job and asks questions and get real answers and not just takes the line that comes out of the White House as fact and to be able to put some checks and balances there to make sure that it is factual information. All right, headline number two. CNN's Reliable Sources Cancelled Brian Stelzer to Depart. Wall Street Journal Brian Stelzer, the host of CNN's Sunday morning show Reliable Sources, is leaving the network following the cancellation of the long-running media news show, the network said Thursday. Mr. Stelzer, who is also the network's chief media correspondent, will anchor his last episode on Sunday, a CNN spokesman said in a statement. The 36-year-old took over the anchor chair for Reliable Sources in 2013 came to CNN from the New York Times, where he was a media reporter. From the National Review, Stelzer and his show had been rumored to be on the chopping block ever since Chris Licht, who previously worked with Joe Scarborough and Stephen Colbert, succeeded ex-CNN president Jeff Zucker at the helm of the network. Well, I don't think there's too many tears uh, coming out of the news that uh, Stelzer is leaving CNN. Maybe it is from the uh, far left and uh, in favor of his reporting style, but most of us feel that Brian Steltzer leaving CNN is a good thing because he has just been nothing but a propaganda source for the media, for the White House, and anything Democratic. Very much biased. He's not a reporter. He's just an opinion journalist. And I think CNN is realizing that his numbers are tanking His ratings are tanking, and they're trying to make some changes at CNN to bring them back in alignment with more middle-of-the-road news broadcasting. Uh, We'll see you later, Brian. Have a nice retirement or wherever you end up. You might want to go back to doing uh, print journalism. I think that's probably a better place for you. All right, headline number one, federal judge directs the DOJ to release redacted affidavit used in FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. Katie Pavlich, a federal judge in Florida, may order the release of the affidavit used by the FBI to carry out a search warrant and raid on President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home last week after it is heavily redacted. The decision to call for redactions comes after a number of news organizations requested and sued for the affidavit be released to the public. President Donald Trump has also called for a full release of the document without redactions. Town Hall America reports, federal judge Reinhardt decides that some documents behind Mar-a-Lago raid are to be unsealed. From the ABC News, the judge says he believes there are portions of it that preceptively could be unsealed. Whether they would be meaningful is for someone else to decide, he said. The government may disagree with him on some points, he said, giving DOJ until next Thursday to file its proposed redactions. Hugh Hewitt believes the affidavit should be unsealed. The burden is on the DOJ to prove this isn't a crusade to get Trump. Okay, well, the uh, DOJ is going to try to hide behind all the redactions and classified this and that. This is their MO. They have done this for forever. They're always hiding behind their legal, this is an investigation, we can't comment on an active investigation, this is their process. They used it in the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, and in all the attacks on Donald Trump, they've been false information just used to tear him down, to break him down, opposition. It was just horrible for four years, unrelentless persecution, using the legal system to tie him up and just create a mess. And this is no different. This is just another attack. And unfortunately, the DOJ has become politicized and weaponized. In the midterms, uh, we're going to shut it all down. We're going to do some hearings, committee hearings, get to the bottom of everything that's going on. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Friday, August 19th, 2022. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week on the Affirm America podcast. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.